Hey, Riley, we have a lot of friends that like to party, don't we? Oh, we we do, especially at our gym. That's right. Sometimes they party a little too hard, but they've got to get up the next morning and get their butts in the box. They don't have a choice, man. You got to pay the man. What do you do if you drink too much and you got to work out the next day? Well, you take this thing called the regimen, hangover prevention. You're getting wild. You're out with your girls. You're out with your boys. You have a couple drinks. A couple drinks lead to a couple more. If you just make sure that you drink this before you go to bed, you wake up feeling like a million dollars so you can get back in the gym as soon as you want. You're not in bed, throwing up, doing that, you know, crazy drunk person thing, feeling like shit. Yeah, you're in your booty shorts doing a clean and jerk PR, baby. Exactly. You're in the gym getting after it, all right? So if you go on Amazon.com, search for The Regimen Hangover Prevention, we are going to give you 15% off your purchase just by entering Forging 15. Forging 15. Forging 15. Forging 15. Forging 15. Forging 15. <laughs> At checkout. Don't ever say we didn't do anything for you. Yeah, we love you guys trying to keep you feeling great. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hell yeah. I don't like the bad language. To the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. It's a good thing I can do editing on this. <laughs> Why do I always laugh so much? What's so funny? What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and alongside the executive producer of the Forging Fury podcast, That's my, right, baby. my man's Michael Gray. Yes, put some respect on his name. I know. You always get Coach Riley. Yeah. I want to be executive producer of Michael Gray. Yeah, we're doing it for real this time. I get a title, too, you know. But we are here with my friend, Frankie Almonte. How you guys doing? Good, man. We're good. You've got a- Your friend? Yeah, well, our friend. All right, he's our. You friend. guys are kind of more than friends. Feel a little now. left out there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you're working out with me here <laughs> yeah. in a little while. Well, so come on. we we brought Frankie on to talk about a lot of stuff, but first, we want to get to is that I'm looking at the dream team here of the next. Uh, wouldn't tell me about this competition you guys are doing together. We're going we're doing actually two competitions. Oh yeah. dang, you dude! Talk. You're they've stuck heard, this they've guy. heard me talk. You you talk. What what are we doing? Well, we're doing spring fling in March, right? Spring fling spring at the fling. That sounds Mesa like a, Human Performance <laughs> Center. That sounds like a middle school dance, but all right. That one's a team event, right? That's right. It's two guys and a girl. Is that weird? Wow. Who's a, th- who's a girl? Meredith is a friend of mine from college. She came and did, what was the partner? I think it was uh, Fury, Fury 911 with Heidi. All right. So what, what comes after spring fling? Then we have, after that, we're, I got him to come to Festivus. For, that nice. was supposed to be his first competition, but Spring Fling will happen before that. It took some convincing. Yeah? Did he have to twist your arm? <laughs> no, he put it in my head, and then uh, the more I thought about it, I talked to other people that have done it. Uh, Ken mentioned mm-hmm. it, and it sounded interesting. Um, a year ago, I would never have considered it. Definitely. And now I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. what, what gives you anxiety about competing? It's not so much competing. It's when I joined the gym, my goal was get in shape. I'm not competitive. I don't, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to compete against anybody else. I'm just going to try to get myself in shape. But it was uh, 20.3. Oh, do you remember that workout? Yeah, it's a deadlift and uh, handstand push-ups. Yeah, There's my something. back is still broken for that one. Yes. That event just hit a switch in my head. I started doing um, handstand push-ups that I'd never even tried before. I think I got seven. What? Um you're not, now you're not my friend anymore, so <laughs> you're just Riley's friend now. And the sad part is I was actually going to scale it down, but then Emma and Nicole said, no, can you do the deadlifts? I'm like, yeah, that's the easy part. She says, then don't do it. Just try the handstands. If you don't get any, you're still good to go. And then uh, I did seven. I, I mean, think 
Frankie signed up for the Open on a whim, and he wasn't sure about what to anticipate, but I think he went five for five at all of the RX workouts. Yes, but I I only signed up because I had to force myself to go in on Fridays, because when we did the uh, the one early in the year back in March, mm. I intentionally didn't go on Fridays for like a <laughs> month and a half. Like, a lot of people <laughs> skip Fridays for that reason. But this time I signed up just to my, make myself go and mm. challenge myself a little bit. Yeah, was it? What, what was the hardest workout of the Open for you this past year? Ah. Uh, I think it was the first day when we were doing the uh, ground to overheads. Mm, the snatches or clean and jerks and yep. the burpees over the bar. That one sucked. That was my worst finish <laughs> of the year, and that one burns my soul. I don't even remember them. I just blocked them out like trauma, childhood trauma <laughs> in, in my head. Put it into place, forget about it. That's right. The, the second worst was the uh, thrusters and the uh, toaster bars. But you'd never done toaster bar, and you did them that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you it was just like them. every week, well, Frankie hasn't done this. Well, throw him in. He's going to learn it. That's he, awesome. Yeah. I love that. So have you been kind of like challenged by these new movements? Like talk me through, like I even came to our muscle up clinic, like you're in the gymnastics course now, like you're going, you're diving into those things that you like have are just learning. So that's really, really cool. I think my competitive side woke up, which could be a bad thing, could be good, but uh, I see everybody doing all these other movements and I want to learn them too. I want to be able to compete mm. with the guys in the gym. A little bit of trash talking, of course. Oh, that's healthy. That's, <laughs> right. that's why I do it. Just don't trash talk me when we're on the same team. I might need a boost or something. You might have no. to yell at me. but Frankie, from a guy that knows Michael, he needs to be yelled at constantly. Ask Heidi. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't hurt me. You can yell if you want. That's fine. Um, I ha- you've had to pull me back a few times mm-hmm. because I try to go too heavy, too fast, where you you, you actually pulled me back and said, you got to learn the technique first, go light. And it's just I see these people lifting so much heavier and I'm bigger. I can lift that kind of weight, but I don't have the technique. So I do need that coaching. When you see people <laughs> lifting, like when you walk into CrossFit and you see people like doing snatches and clean and jerks and like or any kind of lift, like you're like, wow, they're making it look so easy. It's got to be. And then you pick up this PVC pipe and you're like, whoa, why is my body not moving all together or it just looks as good as them? And just, like I said, I think I just posted something on uh, Instagram of technique, consistency, intensity. Like, you don't, you don't skip technique. You don't skip consistency. You don't, then you get to the intensity. So those first two pillars are main, are really, really important on the first couple, uh, I'd say months or even years, to be yeah. honest. Man, he's, he's doing it. I mean, he's in the gym all the time working out, making me look terrible. But that's okay, man. I, <laughs> I love it. It's actually motivating to me because... Kind of reminds me of my, you've only been a year now in CrossFit? Uh, about, about 13 months now. 13, 13 months. months. Like I remember the fire I had then and that you're going to hit a plateau at some point. That's kind of where I am, but just work through it. You know, you mm-hmm. can you can work through it and get past it. Well, let's talk about, Hopefully. if you don't follow Frankie on Instagram, it's Frankie underscore AJ. No, it's a FJ Almonte. FJ, sorry. Gosh. <laughs> well, follow him now, if you guys. Uh, but he just recently posted like a transformation picture, like when he started CrossFit or when he started coming to the gym. I'm not sure the timeline, but he posts this now, and the guy looks like a man cannon. Right, he went from Joey Bag of Donuts to Frankie Bag of Hammers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and my man. And that picture was right when I right before I started CrossFit. Um, and the reason, can I go right into why yeah, I started? Well, sure. Um, my last physical I got uh, about a year and a half ago, um, doctor said, you need to do some changes in your life. I mean, I had high, really high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I was pre-diabetic, close to diabetic, and then uh, fatty, extreme fatty liver. Mm. Doctor said, if you come back and have the same numbers, you're probably going to be on four different medications. Wow. That was the turning point. Yeah. I tried a couple other things. I mean, I don't have, I, I need to be competitive, so I can't go to the gym and work out by myself like in a traditional box gym. Um, and then I did go with a coach for uh, bodybuilding, 
but he wasn't touching anything on the endurance side. It was just lift heavy, and it just wasn't my thing. It kind of turned me off, and then uh, went to CrossFit. There's actually two CrossFits closer to home, but the other one, one of them didn't have a website. The other one, the reviews were kind of shaky, mm. and then uh, – we won't name names. No, no, don't say their names. <laughs> nope. But but what was uh, like the de- deciding factor for you to come to Fury? Fury, uh, I work a mile down the road, um, and then I had a couple buddies that had been there in the past, and they talked good things about it. So who were your friends that uh, talked good about Fury? Um, Javi, remember Javi? Javi, big Javi. I don't. Uh, sure, Javi. Yeah, <laughs> old Javi. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah, never mind. We won't talk about those guys. <laughs> well, Neil, Javi, they don't go I to the gym Javi. anymore. Um, but kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. So <laughs> what, what brought you to Fury? Oh, um, um, I heard about it. Good reviews. Um, called in and I think it was, uh, Rachel picked up the phone and said, Hey, come, welcome to have a tour. And it was a Thursday. So I walked in, but she was going to teach endurance. So Cole ended up giving me the tour, uh, told me about it. Um, he told me about the free class. I came in and the weird part is that class kicked my butt so bad. I almost didn't come back, and it was uh, it was basic class, but you were out of town. I think, were you in Chile or something like that Maybe. last year? I'm international, Mr. Worldwide. That's right. So Rachel was teaching it, and it was uh, wall balls and running, like 800 meters. The first 800-meter run, I thought I was going to die. And then the wall balls, I'm like, I'm struggling, and it was so bad that Rachel said, uh, don't run anymore, just go ahead and get on the rower. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to die on the 800 because you could just be somewhere in that complex and no, no one will find you for it, a year. It wasn't 800, it was 400, sorry about right. that. I was dying on the 400. Oh, man. Just one lap, and I was dying. That's how bad and how out of shape I was. Wow. I mean, And somehow happened. I signed up and gave my credit card number to go ahead and start charging me. What's funny is whenever people come, they, that's, that's how the first experience is, but something about CrossFit makes it – Makes it something where you want to try it again. Like mm-hmm. uh, Heidi always talks about this shirt she wants to get that she's seen, seen online. It says, I hate this. I hate you. See you again tomorrow. Like just because <laughs> sometimes she feels like in the middle of it, she's like, man, this is just rough, but you love it. I think it's that after feeling like that feeling afterwards, like your body just producing all of these, like uh, I call them, well, endorphins. En- endorphins yeah, yeah. But I had a buddy call them dolphins one time. He's like, I got these dolphins in my blood after I work out. <laughs> was, uh, so I was, I've been calling them dolphins it's for a long time. In dolphins. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that feeling after, I mean, you get, you feel good about yourself. Like there's like, it just resets you. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like you feel better or a new person when you walk out of the gym. Um, Frankie, what, so we've definitely been killing it in the gym. What on like the other 23 hours have you kind of employed that kind of has like propelled you to this success? Eating better, um, meal prepping as much as I can, even though. When you only have the weekends off, and then you lose Saturday. I'm at the gym half the time on Saturday, and then Sunday is the only day off, so you get sidetracked trying to do everything else. So sometimes you don't get it consistently. But uh, I don't eat sugar. I mean, I don't drink calories um, to the point where my cheat meal is like an energy drink. That's pretty good. <laughs> that, comparatively, where we were maybe yeah. a year and a half ago, two yeah. years ago. And it was easy to give up, like junk food, like uh, donuts, stuff like that. It was fairly easy. I thought I was, I was going to struggle, but it's just – I still eat all kinds of carbs, mm-hmm. just don't eat sugar, and that's been working for me. I intermittent fast. Yeah, um, let's dive into that a little bit because I remember you when you first started mm-hmm. coming to Fury, like that was the kind of talk we were talking about. I was like, should I fast? How long? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. I've been fasting. Like I hit a plateau. Now what do I do now? So like, tell, us, tell people about your experience with intermittent fasting. The only struggle I had at the beginning was giving up energy drinks mm. because that's what I used to drink every morning. Now I'm down to black coffee. 
like like Monster, Red Bulls. Like what? What's an energy drink you used to have? Monster was the big one for me. Um, what color can? Not that I know from experience. The green one, just oh, the just black with the green. Faithful, the real huh? sugar, yeah, <laughs> real sugar. I don't do the fake sugar. <laughs> um, I had to get rid of that. Went to coffee, but I usually didn't eat breakfast anyways, so it was fairly easy uh, skipping that meal. Um, and then it was getting. I was measuring at first, but it just was annoying it was it was it would make me want to quit doing it um so i kind of got a good eyeball for a lot of the portions obviously your proteins carbs stuff like that and then i try to do about a uh 18 and 6 uh fast most days did you start out that way or like where did you initially start out with uh feeding window wise uh, it was about that. Um, my first meal is usually around one or two in the afternoon. I try to push it towards two. And then my last meal, as soon as I get out of the gym at 530, I mean, at 630, I go home and eat. Um, and then that last meal, where, where do you like, where do you start? As soon as you finish that last meal, like game on, like fasting until yep. the next day to two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tough. Did you at first, did you struggle with it? Like, nah. was it tough at first? It was easy because it let me eat really big meals. So I would eat two huge meals, which is what I used to do like four times a day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get a lot of weight. So, yeah. and then, uh, since I didn't give up a lot of things, I did, I didn't have to sacrifice, uh, like rice or stuff like or bread. I still eat them. Um, you just got to work out a little harder to burn those calories. And you do. <laughs> the man's been getting after it. That's right. man. He actually recently made the switch over from basics to CrossFit, which I was like, you got my blessing. Like, go do it, go kill it. And like a week later I touched base with Frank. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going over there? He's like, it's hard, man. Yeah. It's real hard. You're trying to kill me. <laughs> and I kept telling you it's time to move over, man, because I, I saw you in basis. I'm like, you can handle the CrossFit side. If they let me over here, dude, they're letting you over for sure. I think what uh, delayed a little bit is that they didn't have a move-up class uh, scheduled, and I know there was restructuring and everything like that. And then I wasn't in a rush at first. And then it was when I started getting a little bit more competitive, uh, the open and everything, I was like, hey, when's the class? When's the class? When's the class? And they said, well, we don't have one scheduled. And then I went to Brandy, hey. If I show up here on Monday, you're going to kick me out? She said, no. And then, Monday, <laughs> then I gave him my blessing. Monday came around. I'm like, hey, what do you think, Riley? You think I can move over? I'm like, if, if you don't give me your blessing, I'll stay in basics. I have no problem. You've been my coach from day one. What do you think? I'm sure you got a hell yeah from that. Yeah. He had an inter- in a conversation with himself a little bit. Like, he didn't want to let me go. Well, because I really like Frankie. <laughs> I was like, well, my, my coaching brain is like, oh, he's one of my favorites. I can't let him go. But at the same time, he's he's ready. His trajectory is about to take off. See, that's, that's what happens when you have Riley. I had Coach Kelly, and she basically kicked me out. She's like, you're moving. I don't want you it's anymore. It's not that I was holding him back. It's no, like, you love I, your you I, love your crew i, I really it. enjoy my people it was it was humbling going over though because in basics like starting over again yeah, right i was getting faster starting to lead at some of the runs uh lifting a little heavier and then you go over there and then you're back at the back of the pack again like when the first day in basics i'm like and i'm running slower than everybody else lifting less struggling a lot of the techniques it was humbling but it also wakes up that little competitive side what do you think the biggest challenge for you switching over to the other side is other than just fitting trying to keep up there's a lot of things uh, that I still struggle with. Um, the um, cleans, mm. snatches, I still struggle with them. I still struggle with those yeah. seven, eight years later. So it's it's a constant craft. I'm having a hard time transitioning from knees to chest to toes to bar. I have the good the swing down with uh, knees to chest, but as soon as I try to bring the toes up to the bar, I just throw that swing off. Um, TJ's been helping me out with that. I'm getting better. Starting to mm. string five or six at a time instead of like one down, one down. Well, we talked to Annie Sakamoto a couple of years ago, and she's been doing CrossFit for 16 years and says she still works on her kip swing or like the basics of the foundation of, of gymnastics. So 
Just saying, you gotta, we're, we're gonna be in here deep working on this, uh, very simple thing, mundane task, like, but they'll, pa- they'll, they'll pay off in tenfold, I think. Yeah. Um, Frankie, let's get into a little bit of your history. We did a reverse kind of uh, engineering <laughs> this episode. Uh, where did you, it's called organic, man. We were organic. Oh, yeah. Perfect. It's so candid in here. Uh, let's talk about where you, where you grew up, where you were born, kind of, and you have some military experience, correct? Yes. All um, right. Uh, born in New York, I uh, was there for about a couple years, uh, then we ended up moving uh, to Puerto Rico, lived there for a few years, and bounced back to Georgia. Puerto in la casa. <laughs> lived in Georgia for about five, six years, and then went back to Puerto Rico when I was, I want to say 10 years old, and then I was there all the way through uh, high school, and then left there to go to the military. Uh, spent eight years in the Marine Corps. Hell yeah. Loved Thank you for your service, sir. Welcome. Loved every second of it. Um, but it was a lot of wear and tear on the knees. And uh, basically, the doctor said, if you don't get out now, you're going to need both knees replaced before you're 40. That was enough to get me out. I miss it. Still miss it. And I've been out since uh, 2005. I miss it. You wish you could have stayed in? Like, uh, with both knees be, still being together? <laughs> yeah, I would have stayed in. Yeah. I definitely made a career out of it. Do you remember, what do you remember most about Puerto Rico as a kid? Uh, culture's a lot different. Uh, the people, um, like one thing that I sometimes miss is, uh, over there, everybody greets each other with a hug or a kiss on the cheek, which, yeah, which is not normal here unless you want to be the creeper. <laughs> um, the food, it's a lot, not the healthiest food, a lot of fried food, but man, it tastes so great. Do you remember the people being bigger, smaller? Like what was their like overall appearance? Do they seem unhealthy there? Uh, not not much different than here in the U.S. I mean, obviously, obesity is a huge issue uh, in first world countries, I yeah, guess. Yeah, everywhere, really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you grew up and then went into the uh, the went into the service from Puerto Rico. Correct. How did that? How did that kind of? Do they have recruiters there? Like, talk yep. us through that. Um, Puerto Rico, uh, just same things here. Have recruiters, have bases over there, and then uh, my brother's actually the one that joined first. He did a delay. Uh, it's a split program where you do basic. Um, after your junior year in high school and then finish high school and then go get your job training. I tried to do that, but I slacked off a little bit in school and I had to do summer school, so I didn't get to go do that program. So in the meantime, a Marine Corps recruiter approached me, and I always saw it as a challenge. Signed up, left right after high school. I think it was uh, within a week after uh, graduation I was gone. Wow. Where was your basic it was, uh, for us, it was uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. That's where I'm from, dude, right off the coast. Nice. That's a lot of Marines I go. thought Marines always were in California. No. Nope. Uh, West Coast, uh, the Mississippi basically divides it. Everybody east of the Mississippi goes to uh, South Carolina. Everybody west goes to... Uh, Makes sense. I didn't know that, though. Yeah, they, they got a lot of good rules up there. The more you know. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So when you first got into the military, like, to walk us through that like how was basic how was like your first job getting out of basic like that he, he said he loved every second of it so yeah if basic is- basic was fun to me um the whole physical aspect you build up just like here you might be slow but you work out every day for hours every day so you build up it's more the head game it's a huge head game i mean people would like, break down crying um one of my i had a problem where i always laughed i find humor in everything so i was always getting Quarter deck is what they call it. The army calls it smoked. Basically, they pull you to corner and they just tear into you. Push-ups, jumping jacks, they just tear you down. So I was there a lot because I always laughed. But it was one guy, he was fed up. He said, I quit. They literally sat him in front of a mirror for like three hours, pointing at the mirror. 
I'm not a quitter. You are. He would point himself saying, I'm not a quitter. Point at the mirror saying, you are for like three hours straight. And I'm like laughing in the corner and getting punished. <laughs> what the hell? Did he still quit? No, he stayed. He finished. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it was just you break everybody. Almost everybody breaks down at least once in uh, boot camp. It's just they're there and they'll tell you straight up. We're there to break you down as an individual and build you back up as a Marine. Right. So could be considered brainwashing, but hey, it works. Well, for some people, <laughs> I guess that process is a little bit faster and a little bit like easier than some people. Sometimes really need to be broken down. Yep. Um, there's people that don't make it just because they can't adjust, um, but they'll tell you they won. The fastest way off the island is to graduate. If you try to quit day two, they will hold you longer just to mess with you. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the ideals and kind of the work ethic that you kind of developed in the military kind of has served you like after? Like, are you very, very still regimented? Like, I see your work ethic in the gym and uh, in like your lifestyle now. Like, you still have that military mindset. I don't think you ever really lose that. Yeah, definitely have the military mindset. Um, I don't have a lot of things like I'm not always 15 minutes early. I'm not always standing with the perfect posture. So I did lose some of that stuff. I still eat like I was in the military. Real fast. I mean, it gets, it gets embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but um, I still have the uh, the etiquette, you, the way you talk to people. Like I'll say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Even to a child, I'll say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And people freak out about that for some reason. Um, I do, it does show up a lot in the gym. Just because the Marine Corps, they always taught you just make it hurt. I mean, obviously, and they always say your mind will always try to quit well before your body's ready to quit. So, so if you can get over that mental hurdle, you can keep going. You can push harder. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. You hear that, Michael? I do. Yeah, I got a I got a video of Michael running a five k, like talking junk to me today. So I think he's doing better there. He's making some strides here. I was just he was running a five k in the rain at that, like getting tougher. I was just doing my impression of Brittany Windham. That was all I was doing. Because <laughs> I walked right after that part. So. Yeah. Oh, dang it! You weren't supposed to ruin that story. You know what, what you just talked about? Like you just talked about brain. It was brainwashing. Mm-hmm. I I. I think you should call it like mindset conditioning. Yeah. Like, I think that, that should be a thing. That's a better term. That's what I need. I need some sort of mindset conditioning because someone can just look at me and say, you know, when it gets tough, you just push past it and believe it. Like I can't, when it gets tough, yeah. I just want to quit. I don't know. I don't know how to condition myself. Like maybe I need to do something where I take smaller steps where I. It's not so much that it's just keep pushing a little longer. Just it's almost like going through that wall. You got to push through that wall. Once you get on the other side, okay. This is easy. The bad Michael always wins, though. Like, that's the problem. Like, how do I kill him? I've got to sit in front of a mirror. Just <laughs> you're the, you're, you're count, a quitter. Count the small victories. Yeah. The one, like, today's run is a perfect example. You finished it. Did you? Did that bad Michael come to your head at any point? Yeah. <laughs> did you let him stop you? It was. I had fun, though. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't push for, like, a PR or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I was pushing my son in a stroller. So things were all different. And I was like, I'm just going to go out and enjoy it. And I did, so. See, I struggle when I work out by myself. It's like mentally, I, I still struggle with that. Like I'll start the first quarter mile. I'm like, man, my ribs already hurt. I'm cramping. Man, I didn't drink water. And I psych myself out. I've been trying. I've been getting better at that. But that's why I'm a little bit more competitive. If I'm running with somebody else, I'm like, I can keep up with this person. Well, I can catch up to that person. Or I can try. Let me. Can I lap anybody? Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's say you're running behind someone and you're like, I can catch up to that person. Mm-hmm. And that person just kind of turns it on a little bit. So, like, I do that sometimes. I think, I think to myself, because I've listened to David Goggins' book, and I'm like, whose soul can I steal? Well, when I'm chasing someone down and I don't catch them, I'm like, it just, it, like, demoralizes me more. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's so, so hard for Our me. Our team name for the road today was Taking Souls. <laughs> so we just <laughs> Is that what it was? Souls. Yeah, oh, nice. that's the team victory today, yeah. How was the, the marathon row or half marathon row today? 
Oh man, that sucked. I'm I was kind of side by side with you today. Like I think he was. Yeah, Frankie told us. Well, you give us your synopsis of how that went. Um, it went worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, I knew it was going to be challenging. Um, our strategy was a little off. I mean, we we decided to go two minutes, two oh, minute rotations. Wow! And the first, I think the most we did was forty five seconds when yeah, we did it. A that's few what we did ago. again today. Dang. And then the okay. first minute was like great, and then you start slowing down, and then I'm like, well, let's go ninety seconds. So we did a couple of rounds of ninety seconds, and it was the same thing. First minute's great. The last thirty seconds, you're just dying. So we dropped it down to a minute. We were a lot more consistent. Okay. Um, we did have some technical issues. At <laughs> they the, broke a damn rower. That's what they did. I still think we would have won if, it was <laughs> rower, if the rower hadn't broken. I guess we'll never know. How do you break a rower? Well, it. I mean, the, the chain lost its tension. Like, there was a part that kind of, uh, that will get fixed soon, courtesy of the bomb squad. But, yeah, it just, yeah. That shorter technique, the shorter sprints, like, I think my team was able to hold that same intensity from the beginning to the end. And that's the, we that's the strategy. Yeah. yeah, probably not. But, yeah, you know, maybe. You never know. But I mean, I lucked out running a 5K in the rain is much better than a half marathon row, I guess. It was still fun. Um, it I'll say it sucked. A lot of the workouts suck, but they're still fun. So I don't know if that makes me a little... No, that Sick makes it weird. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody in CrossFit's a little messed up in the head. You got right. have to be. For right. me, it's like the first ten minutes were fun, and the last ten minutes were fun. But the middle, like fifty minutes or forty minutes, that wasn't fun. Yeah, like as soon as you start, you're like, okay, this is fun, and then if you get towards the end, you're like, okay, we're almost done. This is we can finish it. No, we're, we're, we're used to variety in CrossFit, so like one thing that's tough to stick with. Somebody says, oh, you're halfway. I'm like barely. It's like that doesn't make it any better. Yeah, you're just <laughs> still seeing eleven thousand meters left on the rower is like good god. Well, at the the games, they did a full marathon row with yes. one person. Like yes. that is insane. And the girl that won it, she like she held like a one one forty something. That's that Margot Alvarez is amazing. It was probably the most impressive feat I. I've seen at the CrossFit Games is like she held that for like two and a half hours by herself. That the, some of the video footage of that was so funny because they would cut to like a pan of like all of the competitors and like some people would be sweating like the people that was like eating candy off their shirt and the, there was a clip a video clip of somebody I guess somebody ripped ass or like a fart and everyone's <laughs> throwing like who did that like you get a bunch of crossfitters <laughs> in a room man too much protein in their diet That's funny. yeah. So yeah, nope. that that feed is like that. Just sitting on that row over that long is always impressive to me. Uh, Frankie, let's talk about your brother Jay. You have a twin. Mm-hmm. Are you guys not? You guys are fraternal? No, well, fraternal. Yeah. So fraternal means that you guys are in the same house as babies. Like? No, th- different placenta. So ten, okay, okay, so okay. Um, so I, there was two eggs. Yeah, identicals okay. are the ones that are uh, share, and then uh, they're the ones that look really alike. Um, oh, yeah. That's why. Okay. I yeah. You guys but but they really do look they alike, do, though. But, but kind of not. When we were kids, we were definitely like uh, our my uh, my mom's. Uh, my grandma from my mother's side, she could never really tell us apart. I mean, even until when she passed away. But uh, uh, we had the same haircut, same build. Now we're a little different. I mean, we're older. Still same haircuts. haircut, same beard. A lot of people, if they only, if they don't know I have a twin and they only see one him instead of me, they think <laughs> it's me. It's just when you see us together, there's definitely obvious differences. But then once you start hanging around us enough, you can tell. I that. I could see that. Did you have any other previous military experience in your family, or you guys were the first one to jump on board? Um, I had an uncle did a little bit of time in the military uh, years ago, but no, not, but we weren't close to them. So, did you? Were you ever deployed? Uh, I went to uh, Kyrgyzstan during uh, enduring freedom. So I was actually in Kyrgyzstan when uh, we went into Iraq. Okay, I don't know. I don't have a map for, uh, handy. Where Kurt, the hell is Kyrgyzstan? By, by Kurt, Russia, right? Yep, Kyrgyzstan used to be one of the old, one of the breakaway states from uh, the old Soviet Union. Um, okay. They're uh, right. Uh, they're border with uh, 
Korea, and then they're close to uh, uh, Afghanistan. So the uh, European nations were flying missions out of there, bombing missions from that airport. So you were in the airport. Right in the middle of Mm -hmm. everything. What would you do there? We were uh, air traffic control. We were running the airfield. Um, It was, uh, we had 21 Marines, and we were the only Marines there. It was mostly an Army base. Why would they have a little bit, uh, like a small squad of Marines? We were running the uh, air traffic control side of it. So we had the the air traffic equipment was ours, and uh, we were up in the towers liaison. How was that working with, like, people from the Army compared to Marines? Like, was there a lot of shit talking there? There's always shit talking, but it's fun. Um, We're always... We're always bragging on each other. Um, we call each other jarheads, quids, whatever you have to. But at the end of the day, we got each other's back. It doesn't matter. Yeah, sometimes you hear a lot of like back and forth <laughs> trash talk. But like most of the time when those all units can work together as one, like and there's a lot of collaboration for what I understand. Mm-hmm. It's like very rarely do you just see Army or just see Marines or, or the Navy or whoever. You're usually all working in unison. Yep. And even like the Marine Corps, we're the smallest uh, group out of all four. And we're part of the Navy. We're the Department of the Navy. So... Uh, what about Space Force? That's a new armed force now, right? That's going to be interesting. How that one works out. <laughs> is it official yet? Oh, I saw it. Dude, it's real. I, I, I mean, I know it's going to happen, but like, are, are they recruiting for it now? Like, is it if, is it going? If they do, I'm signing up. I don't know if I fit the bill for that. <laughs> could, could you be... Okay, this is going to go off topic. Could you be the man who lands on Mars first? Knowing that if you go there, you're not ever coming home. You will die on that planet, probably die... Alone Ooh. or with very few people. This is a good people. question. No. <laughs> Frankie's like, nah, fam, I like there's, Earth. There's part of me that would, except for the fact that I've got a family. Like, mm. I would never want to leave Heidi and the kids behind, but, like, to be the first to, first person to step on another planet. My question is, and I'll counter your question with a question, does Mars have donuts? I. That's a good question. They don't. So, no, <laughs> I'd rather go out here eating a, a, I stra- see. a strawberry donut. So, sorry. What's a strawberry? Oh, a, a pink frosted one? Yeah, 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 strawberry. Well, strawberries on the inside. You ever have a high-end donut? I have a high-end palate. That's nice. Well, I'll probably <laughs> take that part out just because that has nothing to do with anything. But <laughs> no, it's Space question. Force, I mean. I mean, they say, well, they say the person that's living on Earth that's going to live to 150 years old is alive now. Why, why Say did, that again? <laughs> why do they think someone can live to 150? Well, with the technical ad- advancing, with uh, you know all what, of the good things. Have you seen anybody at the age of 105 who looks like technical but what advancements would have kept them going? This person that's going to live to 150 did cross it. Do you think that's high or low? I don't know if I want to live that long though. But what if like you could have good quality <laughs> of life at 150? I just don't see how that's possible. True. They'd have to take a like. You need robot organs because like. When your grandparents die, like if they die at old age, you're kind of like, well, it's sad that they were they were 85. They lived a nice long life. That's like halfway to 150. I mean, I know not quite. It's a little more than halfway. I'm just always want to be on the Today Show where they do like the Smuckers old people. Like this Johnny lived to 104. I want to be that guy before I go out, you know? That's, that's good. But you want to be 150. 150, yeah. I think I can do it. Bag of bones, man. I got to study more sardines. More sardines. I'm still recording this podcast at 150 years old. I'll be dead. Okay, cool. I won't be here. So. All right. Well, we can maybe like pickle your head. Like, have you ever seen Futurama? They have like, they can keep the heads alive in the water. Yeah, we'll keep you alive. Maybe we'll still record the pod. Space Force. Uh, Space Force. <laughs> uh, Frankie, have you always lived here in Arizona or like where whereabouts have you uh, been located? Um, I told you, New York, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, up. Georgia, you were in Georgia? I had Georgia for a few years and then went back to Puerto Rico. Um, oh, okay. After I joined the military, most of my time was in North Carolina, uh, Cherry Point, uh, uh, Marine Corps Station, and then I ended up at 29 Palms, California. That's right outside of Joshua Tree. Yeah. I've been there. Beautiful area. 
Oh, hotter than here though. <laughs> nothing else out there though. <laughs> um, ended up uh, when I was in Kyrgyzstan, I actually uh, met my uh, wife at the time. Um, went uh, that's was she we Kyrgyzstan? No, she was uh, in the Air Force. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's so, and that's how we ended up in uh, California. She was at Edwards Air Force Base, and I was at Twenty Nine Palms. We lived in the middle, um, and then after that, uh, I ended up moving here to Arizona. I had a cousin. I have a cousin that still lives here, and uh, I, I would come visit. So I liked it. Came over the job I had at the time, let me transfer over, and fell in love with it. What do you do currently for work? I'm a project manager for for a company called Verco Decking, and we do steel deck nice. um, for construction like Tanger Outlet, a football stadium, um, Desert Diamond Casino. That all has our deck on there. We just make it, and then we sell it to the guy to the uh, steel guys that install it. Nice. So you're the man of steel that sells steel. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that, that sells right there. <laughs> the new man of steel. The new man, the steel guy himself. Like, if you go on the CrossFit side, if you look up at the ceiling, you you can see some of the sheet, the stuff that's sitting on top of the supports. That's what we make. Oh, do you want to finish this one out, or we want, where do we want to go from here? Michael, anything else you want to get? Anything you're passionate about, something you like to talk about that we haven't been able to dive into? Right now, my passion is the gym, to be Hell honest. Yeah. I mean, the people have been great um, from day one. Uh, front desk staff, the uh, the coaches, everybody, and even the the, uh, the the other members. I mean, like people like Ken has helped me out a lot. Um, I love the place. Well, family. Frankie is. You maybe have listened to how to be a good member that episode. If you have, he's part of the group that drinks the beers on Fridays. So like <laughs> they, they've adopted him into this group. Like I mean, he's relatively new, and they I mean they hang out on Fridays and they drink beers, which is awesome. Have you heard about the regimen? Hangover prevention? <laughs> yeah, my buddy George Hartshorn, he's the CEO of this company called The Regimen, Hangover Prevention. You might need that if you're drinking after, you know, CrossFit. Yeah, but make sure you drink it before bed and you feel great the next day. Probably should again. have had that after the uh, Christmas party. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't missed, stick around long enough for that. I missed a Christmas party, too, this year. I was, uh, I was in California with Meg. Yeah, bottles of Fireball came out, and then everything went downhill pretty quick. Oof. Yeah, that's what I call the blackout juice. It was always a good time until the Fireball came out, and then it was like... Like the men in black, they just cleared your memory. You don't, yeah, it's not good. Frankie, we usually like to end this with like a quote or something you've been kind of going through personally. Um, something that you think will help other people in this current moment. What do you think? Just push through it Every in everything in life. Um, you're going to hit the obstacles that make you want to quit. Just keep going. It gets easier. Find a support group. Find people that have a similar mindset. Just uh, lean on each other. I think that's everything, man. Surrounding with yourself with people who you want to be like or who like give you the support that you need. Mm-hmm. If you're in a group, friend group or just a people group where you don't feel like these people are like aligning with you with like your morals, with, with your habits, like get rid of them. Find a new group. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at just that kind of structure and those that kind of uh, peer pressure, positive peer pressure, like what good you can do with that. Yeah, but Frankie has been great having you on. It's been a pleasure. Hey, we're gonna have Frankie back on, man. That was just too smooth. <laughs> that was fun. We've been we've had a couple episodes we had that's like pulling teeth, but that was that, that was easy. That was easy. I'll take some videos of our competition. And we'll throw it up on the yeah. Dude, good luck Instagram to you fellas page. in your competition. <laughs> Thank I'm excited. You. Maybe I'll be there. I usually come and support Michael and what he could be. It's in it's in Mesa. <laughs> okay, like, so I won't be there. See you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can come yeah. to Festivus. That's only up in there in Glendale. So you all right, perfect. Right by the house. All right, cool. See you.